the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. The Senate confirms a big slate of Biden ambassadors to end 2021. The Senate confirmed more than 30 ambassadors and other Biden administration nominees early Saturday after Majority Leader Chuck Schumer agreed to schedule a vote on sanctions on the company behind the Nord Stream's 2 pipeline, which will deliver natural gas from Russia to Germany. With many senators anxious to go home for the holidays, Schumer threatened to keep the Senate in for as long as it took to break up a logjam on a broad array of diplomatic and national security nominees. Ken Lorman reporting. Iraq's military says two rockets struck Baghdad's heavily fortified green zone this morning, home to the U.S. Embassy. Nobody was hurt. There was just a little property damage. This is SRN News. You have to admit, you were warned. After one year of Joe Biden as president, we've seen all of those predictions come true. Crime is out of control in Democrat-run cities. Inflation is crushing the middle class. America's image around the world is in shambles after multiple failures. The Democrat Party's surge to the hard left is destroying the America we knew and loved. If you want to do something about it, stick with us. SalemNewsChannel.com and AM1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Our December Regnery Book of the Month is Pandemia, How Coronavirus Hysteria Took Over Our Government, Rights, and Lives. Sign up to win a copy daily at the Freedom Fan Club at am1280thepatriot.com. Regnery Publishing is a division of Salem Media Group. Appliance Renew reminds you that there's just six days until Christmas. That little ding don't mean a thing on new scratch-a-debt appliances at appliancerenew.com. This is AM1280 The Patriot. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free to do so. Just use hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show, hashtag NarnShow for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in and hoping you and yours are having a blessed holiday season. Hard to believe we're at the end of uh, 2021 here 
Uh, amazingly, some people are still stuck in 2020 with everything that started going on uh, early that year, and we're, 2022 is almost upon us. Hard to believe, hard to believe, but we will get through it, folks. Uh, I, I I believe it. If uh, uh, With God's grace, we will get through it. No, no doubt about it. So keep the faith, folks. Keep the faith. Uh, I do want to get to some local issues, and then we have a uh, couple of uh, guests that we're going to have on starting at 1.30. But I did want to weigh in at least on the Kim Potter trial. Of course, Kim Potter, the former Brooklyn Center police officer who is being charged with first and second degree manslaughter in the April death of motorist Dante Wright. Uh, True to her word, former uh, officer Potter did take the stand in her defense. Uh, Basically, she alleges that it was a horrible, horrible mistake what had happened. She meant to pull out her taser, and instead she pulled out her firearm, and she discharged what she thought was her taser toward Dante Wright. It turned out to be her firearm, and it ended up killing him. Uh, Just an awful tragedy all the way around. And... What I can't get past, and I've said this before on this show, is how do you make that mistake? I mean, the whole reason you keep your taser on your less dominant side, whereas if you're right-handed, you keep your taser then on your left side, so you reach across your body to pull your taser. Because you figure if you're going to tase somebody, it's not necessarily an emergency situation or the justification for lethal force. So you get your taser, so you reach across because you have more time. But if it's a situation where you need to stop a lethal threat, guess what? You're going to reach for your firearm, which could be potentially lethal. And therefore, it's right there on your right hip, so you can reach for it instantaneously. Well, a 20-plus year veteran reached for her firearm right there. So how do you make that mistake is, I guess, the thing that I can't go over. Now, That being said, can you be convicted or should you be convicted on what was, in my opinion, clearly a mistake? The body cam footage shows her falling to the ground, just distraught, like, oh, my God, I shot him. I can't believe I shot him. And that's not acting, despite what some of the these radical BLM activists led by Nikima, Nikima Levy-Armstrong saying that she should have been charged with murder, despite what people like that say. It's very clearly a mistake. She wasn't out saying, oh, we hit the jackpot. Look at this. We pulled this this person over. And, oh, look at that. It's our lucky day. He happens to have an outstanding warrant, arrest warrant for weapons charge. And he's a black kid. Oh, it's our lucky day. I finally get to discharge my firearm into a black kid. I mean, if you listen to some of these radical activists, that's what they would have you believe. That she was possibly thinking that because she's a white officer who shot a black kid. And again, it is a horrible, horrible mistake, a horrible tragedy. This young young man, Dante Wright, his family is suffering this great loss because he was a young man. Clearly he had issues, but you know what? It's not relevant. Because I that, And that's another thing that drives me nuts. These high-profile shootings is we have a tendency to denigrate the character of the deceased, the person who was shot. You know, well, he was uh, he had some he had some issues. 
so what? Uh, he deserved to die right there? I'm not really understanding that logic. Why do you keep bringing that up? So, again, this is just a horrible tragedy all around. But the bottom line is, does she deserve to go to jail for what was a horrible mistake? Because she's being charged with first and second degree manslaughter. Based on that, does she deserve to go to jail? Now, if there's some sort of lesser charge, like, I don't know, uh, some sort of uh, uh, negligence or you know, some sort of dereliction of duty, I don't know if there were any charges around that that could have been brought forth. I, again, I, I think I make this disclaimer each and every week. I'm no legal analyst, no legal beagle, so I have no idea. But I was interested in a Channel 9 piece which talked about how Officer Potter missed a chance to explain her taser gun mix-up. Again, this is a, from a Fox 9 story. The former Minneapolis, or excuse me, Minnesota police officer who shot and killed Dante Wright alternated between tears, statements of remorse, and clipped matter-of-fact answers as she testified at her trial on manslaughter charges in the death of the black motorist. But Kim Potter's testimony was notably scant on a key element of her defense, that she made a mistake when she drew her handgun instead of her taser and killed Wright during a traffic stop last April in Brooklyn Center. One legal expert who spoke to the Associated Press said the defense may have been intentionally vague on that point, but others said it appeared to be a missed opportunity for Potter to tell jurors how a mix-up might have occurred and what she was thinking, something jurors were likely waiting to hear. I didn't think they pulled enough out of Potter because we did not get into her mind, said Marsh Hallberg, a Minneapolis defense attorney who is not connected to the case. Under questioning from her attorney, Earl Gray, Potter testified that as officers were struggling with Wright, she saw her supervisor, Sergeant Michael Johnson, leaning into the car with a, quote, look of fear in his face, close quote. As she cried on the stand, she went on to say, quote, I remember yelling, taser, 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 and nothing happened. And then he told me I shot him. Body camera video recorded right saying, ah, he, sh- ah, he shot me before the car took off. He got her to admit that she saw fear on Johnson's face, but didn't explore that further, said John Baker, a former defense attorney who is now teaching aspiring police officers at St. Cloud State University. He should have gone much further and asked her to testify more on that, Baker said. He added that Gray didn't have Potter explain the mistake, saying, quote, they didn't even address it. I I was kind of wondering about this because this is kind of an interesting quandary here because I think it was last week's show, maybe a couple weeks ago, I don't recall which show it was, where I had read a different piece of testimony from the aforementioned Sergeant Michael Johnson, former Officer Potter's supervisor. And he said, given the circumstances that he was, Dante Wright, avoiding arrest, resisting arrest, got in his car, which was still running, that had he put the car in drive, he could have inflicted bodily harm, and therefore the car could have been considered a a deadly weapon, i.e. a lethal threat, and therefore the use of deadly force would have been appropriate. This was Sergeant Johnson's testimony. Now that kind of put a whole spin on things. It's like, well, that's fine that you say, hey, that could have been justified, but if that was not Officer Potter's intention, which he has continually testified under oath, well, how does that impact things? I'm genuinely curious about that. And one of the uh, members of the prosecuting team, this is Assistant uh, Attorney General Aaron Eldridge, 
and I got a transcript from uh, Yahoo News where she wanted to kind of paint, at least my impression is she's trying to paint Kim Potter as an incompetent officer. And I'll just kind of read this uh, line of questioning here. Uh, You'd agree that as a police officer, you have the duty to render aid and communicate information to other officers, right? Kim Potter, yes. And it's part of your job to assist those who are hurt or injured, true? Potter, yes. And to communicate to other officers what you know about a particular scene, right? Yes. Give them whatever information you can to help them do their jobs, to render assistance, things like that, right? Yes. But you didn't do any of these things on April 11th, did you? No. You stopped doing your job completely. You didn't communicate what happened over the radio, right? No. You didn't make sure any officers knew what you had just done, right? No. You didn't run down the street and try to save Dante Wright's life, did you? No. You didn't check on the other car that had been hit, did you? No. That all happened just down the road from you. Yes. You were focused on what you had done because you had just killed somebody. And then, of course, that's when uh, former Officer Potter, and it was heartbreaking to watch, just broke down and cried on the stand, said, I'm sorry it happened. I'm so sorry. Uh, Miss Potter, from your reaction today and from your reaction in your video, you didn't plan to use deadly force that day, did you? No. You didn't want to use deadly force, did you? And then uh, the defense attorney objected. And the objection was overruled, and Officer Potter said no, she didn't intend to use deadly force because you knew that deadly force was unreasonable and unwarranted under the circumstances. Well, now, this was a, this was an interesting line of question because this seemed to be, again, in response to Sergeant Johnson's testimony that you could make a case that deadly force was necessary given the circumstances, given that Dante Wright was in his back in the driver's seat and had he put his car in drive, who knows what kind of havoc he could have wreaked. Okay? And so, therefore, they look at that as maybe stopping a lethal threat and hence using deadly force. But Officer Potter, she didn't didn't affirm that when she was asked, you know, because you knew that deadly force was unreasonable and warranted under the circumstances. She said, I didn't want to hurt anybody. And the assistant AG says, you didn't want to hurt anybody. She says, no. That's why you said I'm going to prison. And, um, of course, then it was just chaos. There was an objection, and that objection was sustained. A friend of the broadcast, Howard Root, uh, we were kind of chatting back and forth on Twitter. Well, I saw him put out a tweet. He's predicting that Potter's going to be acquitted. And Howard Root, of course, spent a lot of time in court. Uh, If you've read his book, Cardiac Arrest, about when he was CEO of uh, of a uh, cardiovascular solutions, I believe the name of the company was, and how uh, the federal government was bringing this huge lawsuit against his company, and he ultimately won. But it was only because you know his company had the resources. Where if you know some other small potatoes company had to face a, a, a federal charges, uh, they'd have been swallowed up by the court costs. Well, so Howard Root, I I should say, he spent a lot of time in a courtroom, and he's confident in this prediction that. Officer Potter will be acquitted. And if that happens, uh, what's the reaction going to be? I mean, I'm having a difficult time with this. Dante Wright is dead, and he shouldn't be. But Officer Potter clearly made a mistake. And is there some sort of sentencing based on a mistake? Well, given the first and second degree manslaughter charges, I don't believe a, a mistake Okay, a legit mistake 
uh, can be subject to a conviction. Uh, was she negligent? I don't know. Is that relevant to one of these charges from people who are smarter than me, who are in the legal profession, say likely not. So um, we'll definitely uh, keep an eye out uh, when, uh, I guess, closing statements are uh, coming up soon. And obviously, once that happens, the jury del- will deliberate. And if they're able to get return a a, uh, uh, a decision before the holidays, uh, that will certainly be something worth uh, paying attention to. So we'll continue to keep an eye on this story, no doubt about it. 651-289-4488, that is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with a- another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Sightseeing in Paris, at the mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to AM 1280, The Patriot, at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Have you recently received a quote for an exterior home improvement project that was so high it made you seriously consider selling the house instead? In today's market, it's more important than ever to get multiple bids to make sure you're getting the best possible prices on any investment in your home. I'm Ryan with my three quotes. Not only can I provide you the most competitive bids in the Twin Cities for free, but I can guarantee it will be the quickest and easiest way to get them. Whether you need siding, roofing, or windows, I will personally come to your house for a short meeting so we can determine which name brands make the most sense for you and your house. And I'm all about multiple options, so you can have a variety of price points to choose from. A few days later, you'll receive an email from me with the bids attached. I've done the homework on brands and contractors, so you don't have to. It's that simple. No salespeople, no pressure, and no obligation to buy. To set up one short meeting with me, visit GetMyThreeQuotes.com. That's the number three, GetMyThreeQuotes.com. So I invested in one of those fancy new exercise bikes. Without a doubt, a very special tool to help me get healthier. The problem is three days go by, then four, and I've done nothing. And then it's night five, and I'm sitting at the kitchen table, and I look down at myself, and I can't help but just laugh. Because there I am, wearing the exercise t-shirt that came with the bike, and I'm eating two corn dogs. And I think we'd all agree, the special tool only matters if we use it to our benefit. At United Faith Mortgage, we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions. There's no middleman. And often, this allows us to get you a better rate on your refinance or new home purchase, which can save you monthly and lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Or corporate Animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. License in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Brighten someone's day with a free e-card from the largest online Christian greeting card site, CrossCards.com. There's one for every occasion, birthdays, holidays, or just to let someone know you care. CrossCards.com is a division of Salem Media Group. Dad, guess what? What? You are going to be a grandfather. That's great. Not too long ago, moments like this with my daughter would have been a challenge. It was a long road for me to find myself again after Vietnam. It was my neighbor Jim, another Vietnam veteran, who finally convinced me that I could still connect with my family and find that fulfilling life I'd lost. And I went for help down at the VA. If I can take that first step after almost 50 years, I know other veterans can too. Visit maketheconnection.net to find out more. 
Welcome back. AM twelve eighty the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in. 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. Hashtag N-A-R-N show for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Hey, one other uh, item that I was bringing up in the prior segment regarding the officer, former officer Kim Potter trial, as I had alluded to, friend of the Northern Alliance Radio Network, Howard Root, had indicated that he believes that uh, uh, former Officer Potter will be found not guilty uh, and that uh, both verdicts will be occurring uh, before uh, before Christmas. So um, we'll, we'll certainly keep an eye on that, that for sure. And I asked him, you know, you know, you, she was charged with both first and second degree manslaughter. So even the lesser charge, i.e. second degree manslaughter, uh, she won't get convicted and he says, yeah, there's very little difference between the two charges, and uh, with both a mistake, it doesn't convict. And here's a, here's an interesting part. Uh, more importantly, the prosecutor was an absolute, <clears throat> I won't say the word, uh, He, uh, well, he literally wrote the word biatch, and many jurors will be swayed by that alone. And I just read you the transcript of Assistant AG Erin uh, Eldridge, uh, her line of questioning that was trying to paint former Officer Potter is someone who was incompetent because she wasn't doing her job in the aftermath of accidentally killing Dante Wright. Uh, and in Howard Root's opinion, that's going to backfire on the uh, on the prosecution. So we shall see. Uh, I don't know if eventually some jurors might come out and go on the record as to why they render the decision that they did, um, as some jurors have on other prof- high-profile trials, but we'll see. I did want to get to another local story uh, regarding law enforcement. Uh, Hennepin County Sheriff pleads guilty to misdemeanor drunken driving offense. This is from the Star Tribune. Hennepin County Sheriff Dave Hutchinson pled guilty Thursday to a misdemeanor charge of drunken driving and said he is enrolled in an outpatient treatment program to address his issues with alcohol. Hutchinson crashed his SUV at 2.30 a.m. on December 8th on Interstate 94 near Alexandria after attending a state sheriff's conference. His blood alcohol content was 0.13%. The state legal limit, 0.08%. So for those of you scoring at home, his was higher than the legal limit. Uh, (laughs) According to a search warrant, officers who responded to the scene concluded Hutchinson was intoxicated because of a strong odor of alcohol, poor balance, and slurred speech. The state patrol told Hutchinson he was lucky to be alive after rolling his SUV. Hutchinson's attorney, Fred Bruno, told the Star Tribune last week. In a written statement Thursday afternoon, Hutchinson, who suffered three broken ribs and head and hip injuries, said the crash was a, quote, wake-up call for me, close quote. I understand the seriousness of my actions, for which I take full responsibility, he wrote. Enrolling in the outpatient treatment program will be the, quote, first step on the road toward recovery and regaining the trust of the people I work with and the residents of Hennepin County whom I serve, said Hutchinson, who noted that he has returned to work. Now, here's the interesting aspect of this. Because he is a sheriff, obviously he carries a firearm. And anybody who is... Convicted of a drunk driving charge, in this case he he pled guilty, they would have their firearm taken from them for a period of time. I don't know specifically how long it is. But 
Apparently that, that doesn't apply here. And he's not going to resign. He's already said he's not going to resign. And in the you hate to politicize something like this, but you know what? That's kind of the world we live in. He was elected in 2018. He ousted incumbent Hennepin County Sheriff Rich Stanick. Uh, Rich Stanick served, I don't know how many terms, I believe it was multiple terms as Hennepin County Sheriff. And this was a nonpartisan race. However, Stanick was supported and I think even endorsed by right of center politicos, whether, I don't know if the MNGOP endorsed him, I, don't quote me on that. But Hutchinson was endorsed by our own governor, Tim Walz, and also by the Minnesota DFL, as well as other DFL outlets. So we, you know who the political left prefers in this particular seat. And so do you think for one millisecond, if this had been Rich Stanick, who had done this, that there wouldn't have been screams from the hills for his resignation if he didn't initially uh, indicate he was going to resign. But crickets on this one from the DFL. And again, you you hate to bring politics into this because this is technically a nonpartisan race, but nonpartisan nudge, nudge, wink, wink, you know, because he was endorsed by, like I said, multiple DFL factions, including high-profile politicals like, oh, I don't know, the governor of Minnesota. And you can miss me with that. Well, he, you know, both Walls and, and Hutchinson were elected in 2018, so Walls wasn't governor yet. Whatever. You know, miss me with that kind of semantics. That's just nonsense. I'll continue on the story. Uh, Minnesota has four levels of drunken driving offenses, with fourth degree being the least serious. Criminal defense attorney, oh, Marsh is with us again. Marsh Hallberg who doesn't represent Hutchinson. Uh, by the way, I don't know who this Marsh Hallberg is, but they're going to him for a lot for these uh, uh, legal analyses. I, I'm just pointing it out. Nothing. I'm not for or against it. I'm just pointing it out. Uh, Hallberg, who doesn't represent Hutchinson, said the fourth-degree charge is standard because the sheriff is a first-time offender. He didn't refuse a blood alcohol test, and his blood alcohol was 0.13%. A 0.16% would have pushed him up to a third-degree charge, Hallberg said. On Thursday, Hutchinson entered his guilty plea to fourth-degree DWI via a plea petition, which, according to Douglas County Attorney Chad Larson, is customary for a misdemeanor-level offense. The remaining charges will be dismissed because under state law, Hutchinson can be convicted of only one drunken driving offense related to this incident, Larson said in a written statement. The state has agreed to a continuance for dismissal on a charge carrying a pistol while under the influence. So there you have it. There, That answers my question. Uh, a normal citizen, would they have been afforded that courtesy? You, know, you can ask yourself that question. But another interesting aspect of this, uh, another friend of the Northern Alliance, uh, Rebecca Brandon, who's... Uh, been eating the media's lunch on a lot of big stories lately. I mean, she was in the uh, uptown McDonald's parking lot when she witnessed a couple of guys looking to break into cars, and they were firing their very large firearms into the air. Okay, she caught that on camera. It was even on Fox and Friends to talk about it. Uh, she had provided uh, photos, shared photos on Twitter uh, of Hutchinson's wrecked squad vehicle after he crashed it while drunk behind the wheel. Uh, this is from an MSN.com story. Hutchinson was charged with DWI and three other offenses in connection to the crash. 
He admitted drinking prior to the crash and pled guilty to a misdemeanor crime. Yeah, we know all that. Uh, independent photojournalist Rebecca Brannon shared more than a dozen photos of the mangled vehicle on Twitter. Brannon told Bring Me the News she took the photos in the public Hennepin County lot, saying she did so because the public deserves transparency. Delta 8 hemp gummies and other items can be seen in the photos of the wrecked vehicle. Hutchinson's attorney and Douglas County attorney Chad Larson told the Star Tribune the photos are staged. Well, yeah, that was in that Star Tribune story that I read just a couple of minutes ago. You know what else the Star Tribune was in that Star Tribune story or what wasn't in that Star Tribune story? Who took the credit for who took the photos? They referenced the photos in that story, but didn't give credit to Rebecca Brannon. And I think they just, I think they referred to her as like an activist on Twitter or something. Well, no, she's actually an independent journalist who's eating your lunch, like I said, on some of these big stories that are taking place. So uh, a lot, not uh, this particular uh, media circus, uh, definitely not covering themselves uh, in glory over this uh, particular story. Uh, was there, would, did anybody, I mean, even if it were a rhetorical question, did anybody bother to ask, well, you know, it's interesting you dismissed the charge and where he would have had to uh, turn in his service pistol, as is customary for those who were carrying during a drunk driving offense. Why not here? Okay. So, uh, again, I don't know. I don't know if um, I think Hutchinson is up for reelection next year. And I don't know if he's planning on running again or not, but he's been very bullish up to this point that he's not going to resign his position. I mean, he gave the obligatory, I'm back to work, I'm here to regain the trust of the uh, citizens of Hennepin County, which I don't know how he's going to be able to do that going forward. But uh, again, we'll just, uh, this is another story we'll keep an eye on uh, to see if uh, there's any public pressure from him, but because he was endorsed by prominent leftists and the state DFL, uh, there certainly isn't going to be any mainstream media pressure on him to resign. That is for certain. 651 289 4488. That is the number to call. You can also wave via Twitter, hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N A R N Show. Brad Carlson, the closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. <laughs> Burr, it's cold out there. Now, imagine this. You leave your nice, warm, and toasty home only to get into your vehicle and hear this. Your battery is dead. Full-service battery can help you avoid this nightmare situation. Not only do they offer the lowest prices in town on batteries, they'll even professionally install them free. That's right, a powerful new battery installed free. Now, that's what we like to hear. Find them at FullServiceBattery.com. That's FullServiceBattery.com. Merry Christmas. It's Michael, owner of Appliance Renew, the place where a little scratch or ding don't mean a thing. It seems everywhere you turn, there's bad news, worker shortages, supply chain issues, and inflation. At Appliance Renew, we want to fill the Twin Cities with hope and joy. The joy of finding a new scratch and dinged appliance for up to 50% off. We carry all the major brands receiving new scratch and dinged inventory weekly. You know that little ding? It don't mean a thing at Appliance Renew. I run every appliance through a 20-point inspection, checking that all components, belts, and lines are running at peak performance. 
My promise to you is a fully tested and warranted new scratch and ding appliance. Visit us in our Farmington showroom or online at Appliancerenew.com. That's Appliancerenew.com. Merry Christmas from our Appliance Renew family to yours. You need an accurate thermometer to check for fever, a potential sign of flu or COVID. Be vigilant and contact your medical provider at the first sign of fever. Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate in more than 100 clinical studies. Exergen Temporal Scanners are available at Walmart and other fine retailers. Learn more at exergen.com. That's E-X-E-R-G-E-N.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. Tis the season of giving, a time we want to give back, uh, thinking of family and friends. Hey, it's Lee Michaels here for United Faith Mortgage. And one of the great ways to give back would be have a little extra money in your month, whether that is to give to your church or an organization, a nonprofit or a ministry you support, or just to help out your family. A great way to do that would be to do a cash-out refinance, putting more money in your pocket, getting a better interest rate, and setting yourself up for the future. Relieve a little bit of stress, too. And right now is a great time to do that with United Faith Mortgage because United Faith Mortgage is lucky to have a very unique direct lender advantage, meaning their team is a part of a company that uses their own money and makes their own lending decisions, which is a win-win for you. For more information on how you can take advantage of a cash-out refinance with United Faith Mortgage, just visit them online at unitedfaithmortgage.com. United Mortgage Corp, Melville, New York, NMLS number 1330, Ryan Verecka, NMLS number 65233. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, Going to transition now to our first guest welcoming to the broadcast, uh, Michael Petrilli, he is the president of the Thomas A. Fordham Institute. Uh, he's also a research fellow at Stanford University's Hoover Institution, executive editor of Education Next, and a distinguished senior fellow for Education Commission of the States. Uh, we want to have Mike on to discuss uh, the latest uh, uh, Thomas A. Fordham Institute study, which uh, ranks schools in the nation's 100 largest metro areas, with heavy focus on academic growth, so kind of a, a different metric by how they're measuring schools, and you might be surprised at uh, some of the results. So we're interested to hear about that from the aforementioned uh, Michael Petrilli. Uh, Mr. Petrilli, welcome to the broadcast today, sir. How are you? Hey, it's great to have, uh, great to be with you. Thanks, Brent. You bet. Uh, so I did have a chance to obviously look over your study a little bit, and uh, typically the usual metrics when, uh, say, when uh, folks are relocating to major metropolitan areas or whatnot and they have children, they're concerned about the public education, and they ask, obviously, maybe vague general questions about the education quality. And a lot of what the metrics, at least, that were posed in the past have to do with, say, SAT scores and graduation rates. But your uh, outfit, uh, Mr. Petrilli, actually took kind of a different approach that uh, may surprise folks and how the results maybe kind of uh, give a little insight to uh, how yeah. this has evolved a little bit 
Yeah, no, appreciate it. Well, you're right that when we look at some of those lists about, you know, best places to live or some of those rankings of schools, what they usually do is they just look at average SAT scores or graduation rates or test scores one point in time. Mm -hmm. Now, to be clear, I'm a big fan of standardized testing. I think it has an important role to play. But the problem with those rankings is that we've known forever uh, that there's a strong relationship between test scores and a family's uh, socioeconomic status. In other sure. words, more affluent families, especially when both parents went to college, did well in school themselves, their kids tend to score much higher. And so what you end up doing when you use metrics like that is you're basically just looking at measures of how affluent or well-educated an area is. And so not surprisingly, uh, you see that the places that have a lot of college-educated families, uh, especially not that many uh, students coming from disadvantaged backgrounds, those places do better. You know, mm-hmm. So the Twin Cities look pretty good by those measures. Sure. Or you look in places like Boston and New York or San Francisco. But it doesn't really tell you how good a job the schools are doing uh, because those schools, maybe they're just lucky. They happen to serve really advantaged populations. So what we are able to do now with some, some newer data is actually look at how much progress kids are making over time basically comparing to how well they're doing in third grade by how well they're doing uh, by the eighth grade and to see where there are places where the schools really help kids make progress over that time and do so for all kids, for uh, regardless of your background. When you look at it through that lens, uh, the picture comes out pretty different. So tell us a little bit, uh, I love the acronym, by the way, SLAM, uh, the, stern, the <laughs> Student Learning Accelerating Metros, uh, rankings and it shows the uh, top honors, uh, which people might not have guessed if you were asking them to guess. Okay, what are the top performing school districts by this metric you're using? Uh, the top honors: Miami, Memphis, and uh, McAllen, Texas, of all places. Now that surprises me. My my wife is an educator, yeah. and when she her very first job that she got was in the mid '90s down in the McAllen area. So uh, she's going to be very glad oh, to hear that, Michael Petrilli. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is fascinating down down in the Rio Grande Valley. Actually, several places down there in the Rio Grande do quite well. Atlanta does well. Also, Indianapolis uh, does very well. On the other hand, when you look at the the bottom for these big metro areas, the 50 biggest, these are you know the kinds of places that tend to have pro sports teams and the like. Right. You know, places that don't do as well. Uh, Las Vegas, Raleigh, Baltimore, Salt Lake City, uh, and Richmond, Virginia. And, you know, you dig into these results. And again, what, what you're really looking at here is that there are just some places where they are making more progress for kids than others. And, you know, in this study, we have to be careful as researchers. We don't know exactly why this is happening. But you can certainly look at the list and start to have some hypotheses. And it's hard not to notice Uh, that several of the places that do very well have really embraced school choice uh, in one manner or another. Either they've got a really large charter school marketplace or they've got a really strong private school choice program or both. You know, Miami is top of the list and a great example here where they have lots and lots of charter schools all throughout the the South Florida area. They've also got lots of kids participating in Florida's uh, school voucher program that's been in place for there for 20 Mm -hmm. years. And certainly makes you wonder if that has a factor that that when there's more competition, it puts pressure on the traditional public school system to improve and it it can help everybody. It's, It's a rising tide that lifts all boats. I think closer to where you guys are, same same story in Indianapolis, you know, that Indiana, uh, especially when Mitch Daniels was governor, they pushed hard on education reform, and they now have lots of charter schools. They've also got a private school voucher program. 
uh, lots of other reforms, and, and it looks like something is working. So what was, uh, I guess, the, uh, I mean, this is, this is what obviously the, the Fordham Institute does, is they do a, a lot of these research and pull together a, a lot of these numbers. Mm-hmm. But was there any specific uh, situation or incident or what have you that inspired you to kind of maybe expand uh, the kind of metrics you use to rank these particular school districts? I mean, were there any mm-hmm. uh, private businesses, outlets that kind of contracted you to maybe uh, kind of expand uh, the data a little bit? You know, we did this in partnership with the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, uh, which was okay. a great partner for us. And, and it made sense because, of course, their local affiliates are involved all the time with both trying to bring new businesses into their metro areas uh, and to try to, as, as basically consumers of the school system, try to work on improving their own local school systems. And, and I will say personally, it just drove me crazy that so much of the, of the commentary in recent years has been about how you know, a few of these big metro areas seem to be winning all the time when it comes to recruiting new businesses, to getting venture capital, to getting workers, right. and especially, uh, you know, people right out of some of the best universities. You know, remember a few years ago before the pandemic when Amazon announced that it was going to have a second headquarters, metro areas, big and small, all over the country were begging Amazon to come right. locate in their neighborhood, right? And they end up picking uh, Northern Virginia in the Washington, D.C. metro area and New York City, you know, okay. two places that already had plenty of good paying jobs and a lot of money and a lot of opportunities. And they said it was because of education, you know, because of their well-educated workforce. And for sure, those places are really good at attracting college-educated workers. But, you know, they don't look super great when it comes to actually making sure that their own public school systems are very good. It turns out Northern Virginia which, of course, has been in the news with, with Glenn Youngkin's uh, victory recently. Right. Turns out the big school districts in Northern Virginia pretty mediocre when mm. it comes to helping kids make progress over time. So we just thought that it was important to dig into this and get that information out there. And, look, we hope that some businesses maybe look at this and, and give some places a second look. I mean, Memphis, Tennessee, you know, it never shows up on people's list. It's a very poor metro area. But turns out in Tennessee they've been working really hard on education reform for a for a decade, and it's paying off. And, you know, people that are thinking about locating, especially a lot of places uh, want to go down south where, uh, where it's easier to, in many cases, avoid those burdens and taxes. Right. Well, maybe Memphis, Tennessee should be a place they look at. Well, you know, you alluded to uh, Governor-elect Youngkin out of Virginia in his uh, recent victory, and a lot of uh, what a lot of factors catapulted him to victory, not the least of which, of course, was parents' concerns about what's being taught in these specific districts. I mean, you alluded to Loudoun County and and other instances that uh, happened there. Uh, How much of a factor, or I guess, let me phrase it this way, does your organization look at uh, specific curriculums? Because the reason I ask is there may be some parents Mm -hmm. who may not be wild about some of the some of the curriculums that are being touted in some of these districts where other parents mm-hmm. are actively seeking out a specific uh, ideals that they want to instill in their kids. Is that factored in at all to your studies? Yeah, yeah it could be. I mean, look, we, we certainly have followed the debate in Virginia and around the country over critical race theory and all the rest. Sure. You know, I'm not sure there's going to be a big connection between that and these reading and math scores. But, right. but it does tell me, look, in, in Northern Virginia, parents were angry about a lot of stuff. I mean, they, it was the CRT, but they were also mad that they're, they're seemed like the educators were uh, declaring war on excellence writ large. They wanted to you know, get rid of a lot of the gifted and talented programs or right. turn this uh, very prestigious high school, Thomas Jefferson, basically do 
a very extreme version of affirmative action uh, rather than having kids get in based on merit, based on test scores, as had been the case. Uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me if these districts, they've just been resting on their laurels. You know, they have been patting themselves on their back for years. And, and again, you see this all over the country, anywhere you go, including and especially in the suburbs, Uh, where there's a lot of affluent families, you know, the school districts like to tell themselves and tell the parents all the time how great they are. It turns out some of them actually aren't that great. They're they're just, you know, fortunate to have kids who come to them uh, who are getting a lot of what they need at home. But that doesn't mean they're actually doing a good job when they are working with those kids from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Once again, we are joined by Mike Petrilli, the president of the Thomas B. Fordham Institute, uh, talking about his uh, study that his organi- organization has conducted, uh, ranking schools in the nation's 100 largest metro areas, specifically focusing on uh, academic growth. Uh, Mr. Petrilli, uh, we, we have about a minute or so left here. If you uh, Is there a website or social media platforms mm-hmm. or where people can go to uh, maybe dig into the study and uh, look into the uh, kind of the fascinating metrics that you've undertaken here? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. It's uh, our, our website is at, at FordhamInstitute.org. So again, the Thomas B. Fordham Institute. Once you get there, you'll see these rankings of uh, America's best and worst metro areas for school quality. And I hope they can dig in. And one thing that's fun is that there's an interactive map. You can click in. You can uh, really look at not just the metro areas, but school districts within the metro areas oh. and get a sense of which ones are are really knocking it out of the park and which ones are not. Fantastic. Uh, Mr. Petrilli, thank you so much for your time today, sir. We appreciate it. Again, fascinating uh, discussion. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you. Hey, thanks. Appreciate it. Merry Christmas. Bye. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. One final segment this hour. Go nowhere. Like a hawk without a string. AM 1280, The Patriot. Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Stream AM 1280, The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Arby's Computer Service. You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the boots. Arby's Computer Service. Pro-life across America. Did you know you were kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born? We were? Yep. I just learned at school that babies move and kick before they're even born. No, no wonder we're so good at soccer. That's right, kids. A pre-born baby is moving about and even kicking just 14 weeks from conception. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. 
If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of information and alternatives to abortion, or you'd like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Did you know that the Patriot mobile app can do more than just stream your favorite shows? Here's cool feature number one. You can set an alarm on our app that will automatically start streaming the Patriot at whatever time you decide. It's easy. Just open the menu in the upper left-hand corner, select Alarm, and choose a time. You can set it to wake you up in the morning with Hugh Hewitt or any of your favorite hosts. Download the free AM 1280 The Patriot app today. Searching for ways to strengthen your daily walk? Visit Crosswalk.com. From devotionals to Christian living topics, movie reviews to marriage and financial articles, and so much more, the intersection of faith and life, Crosswalk.com. The division of Salem Media Group. Welcome back. AM twelve eight of the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks so much for tuning in. 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. For any comments or questions, and as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, I, I, sorry, I'm so sorry I missed all of you that uh, were at our leadership forum this past Wednesday at uh, Providence Academy where the uh, five Minnesota gubernatorial candidates were uh, there for candidate forum, moderated by uh, Morning Glory to Grace America, Teal Hutt. Uh, yeah, we always love to uh, always love to rib Hugh, so sorry I didn't get a chance to uh, visit with him while he was in town. Uh, I was actually on a business trip in Kentucky, so I was following it as much as I could uh, via, uh, via Twitter. So, uh, And I was uh, very surprised to see that, uh, well, or maybe not, I guess, Dr. Neil Shaw won the straw poll. There was uh, 206 votes cast, and Dr. Neil Shaw easily outpaced everybody. He got 100 votes, so 48.5%. Second place was so far back, uh, Senator Michelle Benson. She had 15%. Dr. Scott Jensen, 14%. Uh, Mike Murphy, mayor of Lexington, 12%. And Paul Gazelka former Senate Majority Leader, who won the straw poll at Minnesota's uh, the meeting of uh, MNGOP state central delegates. Well, he finished dead last in this one. Take that for what you will. Uh, Senator uh, Gazelka, just over 10%. So uh, this is going to be interesting uh, going forward. Uh, again, I, I don't think Paul Gazelka is going to be the nominee. I said that after he won the straw poll at the meeting of state central delegates. Uh, he's not going to be the nominee. But Dr. Neil Shaw, this is uh, he's um, definitely making some inroads here. Now, he finished fourth at state central because, you know, state central is typically the longtime party activists, and some may call them establishment, uh, whatever. Uh, I, I have no opinion on that either way. But it's interesting, the dynamic here, and as our friend and colleague, Mitch Berg said 
this just goes to show you how much uh, you know, they like their red meat. You know, a lot of these uh, uh, more uh, not so much grassroots types are conservatives, but not really doing much for the party as far as grassroots activism. Uh, apparently, Dr. Neil Shaw, uh, he aimed a lot of focus on Paul, Gazel- on Paul Gazelka and Gazelka's record and whatnot as Senate Majority Leader. So uh, that's going to be a, that's going to be interesting to see going forward. And this is uh, Scott Jensen's second consecutive third place finish. I mean, he's been in the race the longest, and has raised the most money, and he's raised over a million dollars. And from what I'm told, a lot of that is from small donors. It's not like he's getting a, a big infusion of cash from these big lobbying firms or anything like that. No, these are these are small donors, and he's made a national name for himself as well. He's appeared on Fox News several times because obviously he was a big critic of Governor Walz's ham-fisted uh, COVID mandates. But yeah, this is another third-place finish for him, and he seemed to think. And, and this was a, this was another interesting statement that came out uh, from this. Again, I was just following along on Twitter that the Senate missed an opportunity to pass some sort of gun control measures that the majority of the public wants. Which is a very curious statement, because for the first time in a long time, uh, gun control, support for gun control, is underwater. So it's one thing to have uh, signed on to uh, a red flag bill, only to take your name off of it as an author, as a co-sponsor, because of the heat you got from your district. But then to say that you missed out on the opportunity... To, to pass some gun control, uh, you know, again, I'm not in the business of making predictions, but, oh, boy, that, uh, the gunnies are probably one of the most organized and motivated lobbying groups, grassroots organizations out there. And if you're going to run afoul of them, uh, it's going to be real tough to uh, get the Republican nomination. And if you do happen to get it, uh, good luck in the general. With with that, uh, that's for certain. Only have a couple of minutes left. Uh, Vincent in St. Paul is on line one. Vincent, aloha. Aloha. Um, sorry to throw off target. I heard on a new Saturday on 1280 AM radio there, Patriot, that I've heard of the military it. is kicking people off because they don't get their shot in the arm. Vaccine, you know. And... I know when I got out of the service, you get your DD-214, that's your discharge papers. Sure. You have honorable discharge, you could go on to get a job. If you've got dishonorable, you're going to be sit, you know, sitting on the streets eating, homeless, you know, hard to get a job, and just for a shot in the arm. And you have a, I got out like with a good contact medal. Sure. Okay. And. So just because of a shot in the arm, you're going to destroy how many people's lives? And that, okay, that's the human factor. How about the United States of America? Number one job for the commander-in-chief is the public safety of the United States citizens. Right. Well, I mean the people inside the United States. So if we don't have a military, they're kicking them out. Who's going to protect us? We have to get our own shotguns in, you know, just like back in the 30s. The mob was after, you know, people had to get protection against the mob, you know, the mafia. Yeah, thanks for the call, Vince. Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't heard that, uh, that the um, 
uh, military is is requiring the vaccination or that specifically they're discharging people if they haven't got that. I haven't heard that, uh, but I you know, it, but I don't dispute that if that that's true. I just uh, the last I remember when I was at least paying that close attention, uh, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. I think it was back in August he had indicated that uh, the vaccination was necessary to protect the force and defend uh, the American people. So uh, if that's true, uh, it's disappointing, but I, I, I hadn't heard that. I'll definitely have to look into that more. I guess I'm just I'm just I guess I'm I'm over it because my thing was I got my second jab, well, my first jab in April, my second jab in May, and I haven't worn a mask since with the exception of being on an airplane. You know, and I guess just this morning, Dr. Fauci, uh, boy, he's the gift that keeps on giving, isn't he? I guess he said this morning that he can't envision ever uh, not wearing people not wearing masks on airplanes, even though there have been airline employees who've testified to the fact that it's just not necessary anymore. But, uh, yeah, I, I that that's my thing. As I, you know, once I was fully vaccinated and got the booster, it's like I, I'm I'm moving about doing my thing. And what we know about this Omicron is thus far, it is highly contagious. But the symptoms, at least thus far, what we've seen are mild. And if that's the case, uh, you just have to assess your own risk. And I'm saying I'm willing to go out and about and live life, not wear a mask because I'm fully vaccinated. That's what they told us, right? Hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming back in mere moments. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance, Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson. Got inflation? Not at PJ's Appliance Outlet. Every day your dollar will buy 40 to 70% more at PJ's Appliance. Hi, this is PJ. We take great pride in separating ourselves from those overpriced big box stores. How? By simply providing over-the-top customer service and great quality products at unbeatable prices. PJ's Appliance Outlet has quickly become the trusted go-to store for brand new scratch and dent appliances. You'll save hundreds, even thousands of dollars on brand new name brand refrigerators, ovens, washers and dryers and dishwashers from trusted brands like LG, Electrolux, Whirlpool, Frigidaire and many more. We're also the exclusive dealer for the Ilve handmade Italian stoves that you see on the DIY TV shows. Don't pay inflated prices for name brand appliances. Take the short drive to save big, big dollars at PJ's Appliance Outlet. Visit our easy-to-get-to Plymouth showroom today or find us online at pjsapplianceoutlet.com. That's pjsapplianceoutlet.com, where every deal is a steal. Want to enroll your child in Christian school for half the cost? TwinCitiesTuitions.com has joined with area private schools to offer half-price tuition for your child's first year. At TwinCitiesTuitions.com, you'll see our partnering schools, an interactive map to find one in your area, and frequently asked questions about the program. Now more than ever, it's important for your child to have a biblical worldview. Get details about the half-off Christian tuition program at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. It's said that if you don't like the weather, just wait a few minutes and it'll change. Well, the weather isn't the only thing changing. According to our latest research, local business owners today are saying it's getting harder to sustain their business than it was just a few months ago. They also told us that targeting the right audience with their advertising messages is more important than ever. At Salem Surround... 
Our team of local in-market experts take that seriously. We utilize the latest research and marketing technology to deliver media plans that will exceed your expectations. Let Salem Surround show you how we can solve for your marketing challenges by bringing nationwide resources while delivering Main Street solutions. Salem Surround is here to help you through the constant changes. We promise we'll help your business stay ahead of the changing weather. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. When news breaks, millions are turning to Newsmax. Get the latest on COVID, Biden's inflation, and the truth from Washington. Each weekday, Chris Salcedo probes vaccine mandates and looks at the potential dangers. Find Newsmax on all major cable systems or streaming on Amazon Fire, Samsung, Roku, Zumo, Pluto, and more. Millions are also watching the free Newsmax app on their phones. So download it today and start watching Newsmax for news you can really trust. AM 12. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.